I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi. Welcome to Rachel Uncensored, the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. I'm Rachel Ballinger, and today I'm here with one of my best friends, Emily Bostaff, but on the internet is Brostaff. Yeah. Say hi, Emily. Hi. Um, dog of the day, Blaze Boy. He's in between us. It's raining outside, so he is not getting off this couch the rest of the day. Okay. Oh, JoJo just asked me what size shoe I wear. She's making me take a tap private with her. Hold on. I have to respond to this. Emily, you want to tell him what we're doing today? Um, today we're going to talk about ghost stuff and conspiracies because those are two of my favorite subjects. And she said, what do you want to talk about today? So, yeah, this, uh, I, it's like every other podcast now, like I'll have like an, an actual guest, something yeah. planned and then it's me and sometimes you. Yeah. And these ones aren't planned. So I let Emily do whatever she wants and she loves things I haven't put much thought into. My whole life, I've like growing up, I was like, those things don't exist. It's angels and demons. That's it. Right. God bless the world. Um, and then as I got older, I was like, oh, I don't know shit about anything. Right. And I'm too dumb to figure it out. Also, I don't I'm think scared. It's that you're too, I was about to say, you're not too dumb. I think you just don't want to look into it because it is scary. Yeah. The ghost things are. Yeah. But we were talking to someone who was talking about reincarnation. Oh, my God. And I again, it's something that's like. I can't definitively say one thing or the other. I have a dog here in my mouth <laughs> because there aren't facts, figures and logical math behind any of it. So yeah. everything to me will always be, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a possibility. A, that's a possibility. Yeah. And that's how I kind of view everything as an adult now is like, 
open to open and i'm like yeah that's definitely a possibility and it it all boils down to just try and keep being a good person yeah i agree and let's see what happens right so i'm not gonna i don't think i'll ever fully dive in and being like this is the answer yeah because there is no possible way to know the answer right so i'm just gonna be like i listen and i ask questions i'm like that's a really that's a really good way to think about it yeah I think I just cling on to the things that I believe are true because it gives me I mean, that's why a lot of people like cling on to religion so hard is because it gives you a sense of like purpose, peace and like. uh, I don't know what the word is like. uh, Community, maybe or like understanding you want to be a part of something. Yeah. So like that is something that I've always um, been jealous of, of organized religions because I'm not in an organized religion. I don't believe I ever will be. But that is something that I'm envious is that they have such like a tight community and like people that they can fall back on. Well, a lot of it's like fake tight community. Like, yeah, they like have petty. A, yeah, it's like petty, judgmental. You're there for the wrong reasons. Mm. It's very clicky. If you talk to people that were actually hard into religion and now have stepped back from it, they'll yeah. tell you it's from their experiences. It's very judgy and clicky. Huh. Um, Which isn't like that. That's the whole premise of like most religions is like don't be judgy and include everyone correct okay great <laughs> but these are just the experiences that i have seen yeah and heard i know everyone's experience is different and i'm not shitting on organized religion i'm just saying there is a lot of negativity that i have seen from it yeah okay, okay so maybe i'm not missing out i don't think so <laughs> i think the organized religion part of organized is come from came from man yeah so oh, yeah any you could just create a community with anything right and and therefore cults yes <laughs> is religion a cult we don't know we're not stating our opinions no. online <laughs> um. <laughs> um yeah so anyway what yeah. do we want to talk about today do we want to talk about what we talked about last night i it's the reincarnation thing oh or the God. like living past you've been lived past lives yeah i didn't know this was a thing oh I, I knew reincarnation my best friend growing up uh-huh. i grew up in a very christian household yeah and my best friend growing up lived across the street and um she w- was right ra- well what i was told as a child is that they're liberal hippies oh ah oh. her mom was a yoga instructor oh ah, my god out. she also worked at the bank oh. um <laughs> But my friend was the first one who told me, shout out to Hannah, love you. Uh, she doesn't listen to this, but if randomly it got to her, freaking love her. She one told me, she once told me that when she dies, she wants to come back as a butterfly. Oh. I remember standing in my kitchen and looking at her being like, are you crazy? And I was like, what do you mean? And then she was right. like, when I'm reincarnated, I want to come back as a butterfly. And I was like, you're just gibberish right this is gibberish when you die you go to heaven or hell right what are you talking about she's like no reincarnation when you die you come your soul comes back as something else another living being yeah and i was like you're dumb <laughs> this is how i used to think and now i'm like possibly could, could be cool if you do great for you right and if you don't i'm sorry because i know that was what you wanted right so she was the first person to talk to me about this and since then, I've obviously heard about it a lot, but I haven't really dove into it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happens after we die. Yeah. And I just, whatever. And so last night, we had a friend come over and she was talking about how, she, what is it called when you go into like, it's a type of hypnosis. 
Oh, um, regenerative. No, uh, past life regression hypnosis. That's it. It may be like it's it's along those lines. Yeah. And so what this person like puts you under in a sense, like in a hypnotic state. Yeah. Yes. But they don't lead you. No, because that's like the main thing is like hypnosis is real. Yeah. A thousand percent. You can be hypnotized. There yeah. are people who who can hypnotize you. Right. And when you're hypnotized, you're extremely suggestible. Yes. That's so, why I've never done it. Yes. Because they can like tell you to do things and you just start doing it and believing things. Right. Whatever. But with this one, they just go, okay, they put you under and then they're like, where are you? Yeah. How old are you? What are you seeing? Yes. Who's there? So they just ask you questions. Right. And it's supposed to take you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Keep going. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's supposed to take you to your past lives that you've already lived. And show you the most important things you learned from those past lives. Yes. And how you died so that you can heal from that trauma. Yes. And you can be. And I was like. And so I was like, okay, I want to I want to learn because that's important. You were asking good questions. Yes. And so I was like, okay, so I was like every soul on Earth has already lived. Like every person on Earth is reincarnated. And she was like, yes. And I was like, then how do you explain that there are more people now right. than there ever have been? Because then that wouldn't make any sense. Right. right? Mathematically, logic, I'm going to use it. Yeah. You need more souls to fill more bodies. Yes. And yeah. she explained that there are more souls in the universe. Right. In the spiritual world. In the spiritual universal world. Right. It's not. And then that's my myopic short like brain just being like earth only live live only earth like that oh right blah blah this is we're it. the only ones with souls yeah, yeah. And she's like no it's everywhere yeah it's like the the spiritual world is not you know right. it's not just earth right you're selfish places don't exist yeah. time doesn't exist yeah it's its own realm so there are people are living in other areas the yeah. spirits are living in other places and they choose to come to earth, earth. yeah to experience she- earth experiences yes yeah and earth apparently what she says is that earth is the hardest place to live yes <laughs> yeah she called it the harvard of the spiritual world like when you're like uh trying to learn your lessons this is the f- the finale is coming here i yes because we're so difficult it's very hard for me to wrap my brain around it but i'm not saying i'm not gonna try because yeah. why would i not try and wrap my brain around this right What's, you don't have to believe it but like no. understanding it is a totally different thing yes and like because there's there's people say like there's complete things like this this proves reincarnation okay you i'm saying you have stories like this oh yeah like okay you can start going if you want because i've explained what i know yeah why do you think reincarnation is like for sure a thing i don't know if i want to like i feel like reincarnation is just the only word that i've been gifted with to describe it but i don't know because like the whole premise of reincarnation comes from buddhism right and in Buddhism, oh, okay. well, <laughs> rhetorical question. Um, it comes from my Buddhism. friend across the street told me about it. I don't know where she got it from. <laughs> Her Buddhist mom yoga teacher. Oh, well. All right. um, and basically, yeah, they believe um, with the reincarnation that you live a life and, you know, you get to come back and you get to try again. You get to learn new lessons. But the thing I don't totally f- fall into with the whole like traditional reincarnation is that you're stuck in a karma system. So like if you do bad things in this life, maybe you'll come back as like a cockroach in the next life. And like they basically believe um, and people, you can have a discussion in the comments if I'm wrong. I did study religion, but perhaps it has been updated or I got the wrong view. But the thing I didn't like about the whole karma cycle is like that is why they blamed poor people for being poor 
or if people got sick or like if people had a hard life, they're like, well, you must have done something horrible in your past life instead of like being a little more empathetic. So like that's typically why I don't. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that at all. So that's why I typically don't like cling to Buddhism or like the word reincarnation, despite what I believe is basically describing reincarnation just without the karma aspect. OK, because I do. I actually don't know if I believe fully in karma. Like I like to talk about karma. Yeah. And, like, I like to think that it's real. Yeah. Because that means that bad people are going to have bad things happen and good people are going to have good things happen. Yeah. But if you look at the world, there are some really piece of shit human beings that just have the world handed to them on a silver platter. They live the best life. And then there's some amazing human beings that just keep getting dealt the shittiest hand upon the shittiest hand. Yeah. And I think maybe people like to use karma cycle as an excuse as to why that's happening. Right. Or an explanation. Like it's basic human nature to want to be able to completely understand something and explain something 100%. So when they see, you know, people having like, like, you know, we have friends that are the best nicest people and it's just yeah they keep getting hit with shit situation after shit situation well (laughs) because she is like the best person literally the most wholesome pure person and she just keeps getting shit Shit. thrown at her 20 like she cannot catch a break and so like I mean, may, I'm she'll not be saying, picking up dog shit. Look over, and her dog Jeter is shitting again. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's just a metaphor for her goddamn life. Yeah. So, like, um, obviously, I'm not speaking on what she believes, but like, if if I were to believe in karma and try and explain, I'd be like, in my head, I'd be like, well, this isn't fair. Like, the world, I don't understand what's going on. And in my head, I could be like, oh, karma explains this. Maybe in a past life, she did something, or like, and like, it's up to her to break the cycle now. Exactly. So that when she comes back again, she has a better life. Yeah. So like, that's what I I get why people do it because everyone needs an explanation. Like that is basic human biology, nature, brain. Like we absolutely have to have explanations to things because yeah. we don't like having no answers. It freaks yeah. us out. Yeah. And so like, I get why people feed into it, but. But yeah, what, and this is the first time, this is why I was so, I, I had never met this friend before. I can't even remember her name. That's so bad. They came over last Yeah. Time? Lucy. Lucy. Okay. Um, so I just met Lucy for the first time last night and I immediately, like, I was like texting my girlfriend. I was like, this is my new best friend. I'm going to force her to be friends with me because um, I. Joy, you and I can just go hang out by ourselves. Well. Sorry for introducing her to new friends. I now know how you feel. <laughs> because this is the first time I'd encountered someone that was talking to me about what I believe happens with our souls and after we die and stuff. And she was describing it exactly the way that I believe it. Mm, and like, that's I, awesome. oh my God, I was just like a connection. Like yeah, I've never yeah, heard yeah. anyone else believe this before. But yeah, okay. So the whole premise of what I believe, she did believe in a little bit of a karmic cycle in there. Yeah. Um, so soul contracts. Remember and soul contracts. That? Yeah. So I do believe in soul contracts. But I just don't, the karma thing, she was like a little iffy on it. So I think that's the only thing we like slightly disagree on. But um, yeah, the whole premise of this is like, you know, you have you have your soul and when you die, you're met by your spirit guide, whoever that spirit guide may be. And they ask you as, as your soul when you die, do you want to go back and try again? Do you want to go back to contribute? Do you want to go back to learn a lesson? Do you want to go back to experience something? So this is something that like my brain wasn't comprehending until like the end. I had to come to it on my own realization. When you're in your earth body. Yeah. You don't remember no. anything. But when you go back to just being a spirit, you do remember all the lives you've lived yeah. and all the lessons you've learned. Yeah. And they say that even though you can't remember your past lives because you're supposed to like 
yeah, have a blank slate and start over, you still hold on to, I mean, this is what I believe, you still hold on to the lessons you've learned in your past lives. So I was telling you this last night. That's why sometimes you get gut feelings about things. Yeah. You're like, I have no explanation, but I just know I should not do this. Yeah. And it's because you've already learned that lesson in past life. Or that's why you're drawn to certain people because you had a, such a strong connection to them in the past life or because you're supposed to help them with something like that's your task, you know? Um, and so, you know, this, I, I've always like really, as soon as I read this theory, which was back, I want to say in college actually, because, um, you know, it was in one of my religion courses, we had to like, I don't know, I was reading some article on JSTOR or something about this theory and it just clicked with me and I was like, oh, I, I, I like that one. Um, I never was able in my head to like still fully believe in it until I watched this documentary. Cause I was like, you know, this makes me feel nice. But in the back of my head, I was like gaslighting myself. As we do. Yeah. I was like, this is a nice theory and I love it. But like, I could just love it because it helps me explain something. Yeah. But then I watched this whole documentary series. It is wild about reincarnated people who remember their past lives because they're children. Why is it that only children do? I don't know. And I, I was trying to remember this last night when I, when I was talking to Lucy, but there's something about these kids who they have been studied. It has been proven like they are able to prove that they remember full heartedly their past lives. But then when their brain fully develops, like fully develops into the next stage as a child, yeah. it gets wiped and they forget it. So it's something about the way like maybe the brain doesn't want to hold on to the trauma. Maybe the brain doesn't have that capacity to hold on to that much information. Like, I can't remember what the explanation is, but um, do you want me to tell the... Yes, please. Okay. Which one do you want? Do you want the Hollywood one or the World War II one? Um, the World War II. Okay. So in this documentary, um, I can't... We were also trying to remember this last night. I can't remember where the professor or the doctor or scientist was from. He was some, from some Ivy League. Okay. Where basically he started hearing these stories of these children mm -hmm. that when they were like three-ish, you know, they could actually finally talk and form cohesive sentences. Um, they would start telling their parents about how they remembered how they died in their past lives. Yeah. And, and a lot of these kids come from agnostic families that don't believe in anything. They believe this life is just this life and there's nothing more than that. That's ath atheist. Agnostic believes in a higher power. Oh, atheist then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atheist. Um, uh, some of these came from super Christian families where the parents would discourage it. So it's not like the parents were like egging it on, egging it on. Yeah. Like their children's stories as they, when they were younger. Right. Okay. Um, and so he would go around when he would get wind that there was another kid like this, he would go around and study them. And he went to this one kid, he was three or four years old and he only found out about this kid because the parents had to take him to a psychologist and a psychiatrist because okay. he was having such bad night terrors. He was so obsessed. They literally thought he had OCD. I had um, night terrors as a child. Do you think it was because of my past life? I have a whole theory. I, we could do a whole podcast on night terrors. I, okay. Well, I finished this and then we'll go into that. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, so he like, he couldn't sleep at night. He wasn't eating. He was getting very like agitated and angry. And he used to be this like very sweet child. But then like he became very obsessed. He wouldn't let these thoughts go. And he just kept screaming at his parents all the time. He was like, I'm a pilot. I need to find my plane. He was very obsessed with like airplane toys, model airplanes, airplane books, airplane movies, but only like old World War II model airplanes. And okay. he, he kept trying to like tell his parents like he was desperate. He was like, I have to find my wife. I have to tell my army buddy that like his plane's going down. Like he could not let these thoughts go. It was consuming his life and it was turning him into like, like a mentally unwell child. 
And so they had so sad. Right. And so they had to take him to a, a therapist. And then that's how it got circulated out. And that's how this scientist found him. And they did a whole documentary episode on him. And basically the scientist came to the house along with a therapist and like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he was like, explain to me what's happening. And like just sat and talked with the kid. And the kid was like, my name is, I can't remember specifics, but he was like, my name is Duncan West. I grew up in Minnesota. I got shipped off to um, like Nagasaki in July. The model of my plane is this. And like, he was just like, okay, okay. And he believes the best thing you can do for these children is like hear their stories, validate them, and then take them to wherever their trauma is sitting. So his, okay. his trauma was sitting outside of Japan, like in the ocean outside of Japan, because that's where like he kept claiming his plane went down. So they flew this three, four-year-old out to Japan. And they basically, when he's in the airplane and they're about to land, he was like, oh, I recognize this. He was able to tell them where certain streets were, where certain beaches were. And again, his parents, I either want to say they were atheist or Christian, like they were not encouraging this. This was freaking them out. Yeah. They just wanted him to be like happy, you know? And so it's not like, a lot of people say like the parents must be feeding them information because yeah. they want to get famous. They want to get on a talk show. But like his parents were actively encouraged, like not encouraging this. OK. And so they were like um, and a lot of times the scientists, too. There's another story with a kid that was an old Hollywood actor where they don't inform the parents of certain things they're doing to make sure the parents aren't feeding them information. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was able to tell them the name of his like aircraft carrier boat that he was on, the name of some of his war buddies. And then they took him to the World War II Memorial Museum, either in the U.S. or in Japan. I can't remember which one. Um, and he was able to point out his exact plane and the exact coordinates where his plane went down, which was not public information. Because he was like, I don't want to say like a lowly airplane flyer. Yeah. But like, he wasn't someone super important in the army. So like it wasn't like a general went down or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you it wasn't know, like a plane full of all of these humans yeah. and, you know. Right. It was just him in the plane and it got shot down and he was able to tell them the exact time his wing got a like a or his engine got a bullet through it and caught fire. And he was able to tell them the exact last coordinates that he called out over the radio. And they had to find it in like these dusty old records at like in the basement of this like World War II museum. And he could tell them ex like to the second. So after they went to Japan, did he yes. feel he just like yes. forgot everything after that? Um, it took like a year. He was still like obsessed with it for like a year, but he felt a lot calmer. He felt heard and he was able to find his wife. So and, that, and I didn't what? see that, that part. That's the part Lucy was telling us last night. Um, because there are several documentaries on these types of children, right? Yeah. So I must have watched a different one than she watched. And she was saying last night that they called his wife, who at this time that he was born was like 85, yeah. 90 years old. And they were like, the scientists and the mom were on the phone with the, the wife of his past life. And they were like, we know this sounds crazy. Yeah. Please don't hang up on us. But yeah. we think your husband was reincarnated as my toddler. And they met and he was able to tell her the exact nickname that they used to call each other. He used to like he would recall facts with her that there's no way anyone would know this unless it was her husband. So she got like the closure she needed, which may have been his purpose. Yeah. And then he was able to feel a lot more calm about what was going on. And then I think they said when he was like five or six, he lost interest in planes and then just completely stopped talking about it and then had no memory of it after that. That is so weird. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like. 
that's the sh- that's the shit that makes me believe in it where i'm like yeah like how can you say that's not yeah that's so bizarre and there's there's just dozens and dozens and dozens of these stories you can look them up online you can see the records like they just these kids know shit that it is not public record and there's no way they could have known it that is so that yeah, yeah. i mean obviously like anyone could be like oh it was all a hoax or whatever but right. like i don't know why not just believe it yeah or just let them have it yeah, just let me have it. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about night terrors, but before we do, let's check to see if we have a sponsor for today. Sponsor, sponsor. Skims. Skims is our sponsor for today. Everyone knows that finding a perfect t-shirt can be a challenge. Whether it's too big, too small, the fit is weirdly cut, or the quality is severely lacking. Luckily, I found the perfect t-shirt, and it's at Skims. They have crop silhouettes for them femmes to long sleeves, layering tees, and there's styles for everyone. I've been wearing Skims for over a year now, and I absolutely love the quality of everything I've gotten. It's silky smooth, it fits well, and my girlfriend always steals them from me. I absolutely love the cotton jersey t-shirt they sent me. It fits like an absolute dream. I wear it all the time. And my girlfriend stole the Skims soft smoothing t-shirt because it's extremely flattering, and she can wear it on casual errands, or when she wants to dress up for the night. If you want to try them out, then shop Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS to 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that I sent you, that Rachel Uncensored sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, what is your theory on night terrors? Because I used to get really bad night terrors as a kid. Okay, and like what were yours like? Um, I would never remember them. Oh. So when I was a child, uh, I would like wake up in my parents' bed and I'd be like, what's happening? Where am I? And my Uh mom would be like, you had a night terror last night. And my sister would tell me, like, I would get out of bed. I would sleepwalk. I'd scream. I would talk in my sleep. I would punch walls. I'd run around in circles. And my sister would be like, Rachel, because we shared a room. And she was so caring at the time. <laughs> Rachel. And I look at her wide-eyed and I go, what? And she'd be like, stop it. And I'd be like, no. And I'd go back to just, like, screaming in circles or punching the wall or whatever. And my parents, would tr- they couldn't wake me up. The only thing that could wake me up was they'd put me on the toilet and tell me to go tinkle. And then when I started peeing is when i would wake up and then they would take me to bed and like my mom would just like cuddle me as i slept the rest of the night and then i'd wake up feeling exhausted and confused yeah and i wouldn't remember it and then the last my last one i had i remembered it and once i remembered it i never happened again oh but i would sleepwalk and scream and talk and it was only when i was having night terrors though it wasn't like a normal day just like casually like rachel what are you doing outside 
just sleepwalking okay here yeah. we go it was never calm it yeah. was always just like violent violent and scary yeah and then um as an adult whenever i have really bad dreams like night terrors yeah i become lucid in them and i wake Whoa. myself up no no, no and i'm no. like okay you're in a you're in a night terror yeah. you need to wake up scream yeah and so uh i scream to wake myself up and then now i've gotten to the point where i'm like don't scream abby's sleeping <laughs> open your eyes okay and i just open my eyes and i go <gasps> and then i'm awake i just saw something i ran i recently and i don't like being on it and I, I meant to talk to Lucy about this last night because she was saying that I should go see one of these past life regression yeah. hypnotists. I, and I think we've talked about this before. I very strongly believe the more you open up yourself, like your soul and your brain to those kind of experiences, the more you're inviting stuff in. Yes, which is why I say, no, thank you. No, please stop. I, you do it. I'll do me. Yeah, there's like a Maybe full ass ghost standing in your corner and you're like, no, no. Yeah, I've been like, told that that's what you tell ghosts. You go, no, thank you. Politely like that. Well, I'm not going to be rude. The door is right over there, buddy. Like, Please, that way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I could literally, like, there's just someone, right, like, a full apparition. What's it called? A vision. I don't know what it's called. Of a, like, a ma- like a creepy man in the corner. And you're just, like, gaslighting him. You're like, you're <laughs> like, not fucking real. You're like, you're not allowed to be here. I don't know why you think you can be. I have said no. I was polite you're annoying <laughs> now you need to leave now it's time to go um yeah i i recently got on to dream talk so dream tiktok i don't like being there i've clicked not interested several times because i just i don't want to open myself up to that it is scary so of course we're going to talk about it now yeah because if i had to watch it you have to listen to it what so the one i just saw and i think we talked about this with joy because joy said she did it recently where, like, you know, there's this whole theory you're not supposed to ask your dream people, your what, dream what, world, what the date is, what the date is, or what the time is. Yeah. Because in this theory, because this girl, because someone like posted their story about how, like, they asked someone in their dream what time it was, and like someone in their dream grabbed their hand and was like, oh, haha, she's being silly, and then like ran her out of the room when everyone was staring at her. And she was like, you need to wake yourself up right now. Like, don't do that shit. And like, you know, whatever. And then there's someone in the comments being like, everyone talks about that you're not supposed to do this, but like, no one talks about why. Yeah. Like, you know, and this girl went into this whole explanation and like I kind of feed into it where when you're in a dream world, you're basically in a like you have taken your conscience and you've put it into like an alternative dimension that is accessible by multiple beings. So that's that what, is scary. I do not like that statement. Right. So they're saying that's why like but you, you're meant to blend in. Because if your dream people who could be angels, could be demons, could be other spirits from other worlds, like, you know, whatever you believe in, if they realize that you are human conscience and you're in their accessible dimension, they're going to do everything they can to access your physical form. So like if there's a bad person in your dream or like a bad spirit or a bad being in your dream and they find out you have a physical form in the real world, they might attach to you and come back with you when you wake up. I hate everything Uh you have just said, and I don't want it. And I'm sorry to everybody that's listening. (laughs) This is why I don't mess with this shit. Uh -uh. This is why I say fuck off as kindly as humanly possible and spiritually as possible. Because fuck that Uh shit. As someone who has night terrors and lucid dreams, go to hell. Well, and she said that she had a good, um, a good, not solution, but like, uh, I don't know what it's called, but. 
she basically said if you realize you're lucid dreaming and you're scared like you want to get it because some people love lucid dreaming like they oh, make them- nope I'm scared to death Oh, um, well, like my mom can like make herself fly. She can like have conversations with people that have passed on. Like my mom loves her lucid dreams that she can control because she can like fulfill fantasies or fulfill. Mine only happen when I'm having a night terror and I'm like like that. Okay, this isn't real. You are dreaming. Wake yourself up. Yeah, that's the only time it happens is when like, I guess the logical part of my brain takes over because I'm so scared. Right. That it's like this is not even possible. So you need to wake up now. Right. Um, well, she said, so if you are having a lucid dream where you don't want to be there like you, um, she said, harm yourself in some way in the lucid dream and it'll wake you up immediately. So she was like, when I realize I'm in a lucid dream and I've made a mistake and eyes are starting to turn on me and like people are realizing that I'm a human there. She goes, I'll pretend I'm getting attacked by a tiger. Like I'll literally say in my dream, I'm getting attacked by a tiger. And then she'll see the tiger like running up to her and then she'll like wake up because like. You know, there's that whole theory that you're like, you're not supposed to die in your dreams and like your brain will wake you up before you die in your dreams or whatever. Yeah. And so she's like, do something like that. Like, like make something so absurd in your dream that puts you in danger and then it'll, your body will wake you up because it knows you can't be there. All right. Okay. So what's more scary, being in a lucid dream or (laughs) creating an attacked tiger? (laughs) Being in a lucid dream is more scary. Yeah. So, okay. I used to have night terrors as a child. Um, and, and also like, just as a disclaimer, I don't think PTSD nightmares and night terrors are the same thing. Okay. I just don't want someone getting mad because I fully recognize if you have PTSD or like some sort of trauma, you can have like recurring nightmares about that. Yes. I personally, I think those nightmares and like random night terrors that don't have to do with something traumatizing that happened to you, Mm -hmm. like are two different things that your brain is processing you know just to put that out there all right um but I used to have night terrors as a kid very detailed I I didn't know I was dreaming though that was the thing um I didn't know I was dreaming but I can still as a 30 year old woman remember the night terrors I had when I was like five or six years old and my my parents couldn't figure out how to fix this I wasn't allowed to watch anything scary they stopped my eating two hours before bed because you know like sometimes what you eat will give you nightmares like they they kept the house really cold because they cut you off from alcohol. Yeah. You know, at five years old. Yeah. Um, and so they did everything they could. And it was getting so bad that I would like sob before I went to bed at night. And I was like, I don't want to sleep because I knew it was going to happen. I've had that. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was terrified, scared, you know. And so my parents were just like talking to I can't remember who my mom was talking to, but someone suggested or no, they said because she was like, you know, Emily's having a lot of trouble with night terrors. And they go, what does her room look like? And they were just like. <laughs> My bad. My mom was like. (laughs) (laughs) Em still has a cough. She's been sick for five years now. Yeah. So my mom was like, well, her bed's here and her dresser's here and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, what's on her wall across from her bed? My mom was like, oh, this like big antique mirror that like belonged to my grandmother. And the woman was like, well, there's your problem. And she started talking about this theory that you can't have anything reflective at the end of your bed. Oh, so my TV. Because there is a theory. Oh, my God. Um, we're going to check to see if we have another sponsor for today while Emily hacks up along. Okay. You feel better? Yes. Yeah. Then we're back. <laughs> Continue about the reflection. Um, so there's this whole theory that doorways, like you're not supposed to sleep with an open doorway. So like if it leads to like a big hall or something, like if you were to sleep with your door open, that leads to your That's hallway. Disgusting. I, my girlfriend does it. It is psychotic. I used to do it back in my old house. I had a really long 
I remember I how I had the hallway and then the door and then another hallway. Yes. So sometimes when I <laughs> I blaze when Blaze would sleep in my room with me, I would leave the door open. But okay. the hallway was so long you couldn't see the door Mm-mm. from the bed. Yeah. Which like so you couldn't really see if the door was you couldn't see if the door was open or closed. I don't like penises. Not in this household. No penis licking. Thank you. Um oh, I got a really bad ringing in my ears all of a sudden. Mm. Oh, that wasn't fun. No. Okay. That's right. never fun. And we're back. Yeah. Um, but I never really liked it. But here we Abby and I keep that door closed. Yeah. We also closed the bathroom door and um, started closing the closet door. Yeah. So they say if you're they say, I mean, it's just it's a theory, but they say the people that believe in this say that if your door leads to like an open space, like a big hallway or like a, another big room, you're fine. Leave it open, whatever. But if you have a, a, a door that leads to like a small closet. So ours. You have a, your closet is the size of my entire apartment. Okay, I think it's you're not fine. a big open space. <laughs> I would say if your closet was like a third of that space, then maybe you should be concerned. But they say open doors and reflections that can see you sleep like directly across from you. Um, basically, when you're sleeping, can like your subconscious conscious, I don't know, something can create a portal which allows things to come in. So if you like, I don't know, I feel like I'm describing this very poorly, but a lot of people believe that mirrors and tiny doorways lead to other dimensions. And so this lady was, why? I'm not sure. I see. I need to know the thought process behind that. Yeah. I'm I'll, not just going to willy nilly believe that shit. Oh, no, I'll, I'll look into it more and I'll tell you. I'll okay. get back. But this lady was basically telling my mom, she was like, your when your daughter falls asleep and this mirror is basically a perfect view of watching her sleep it's allowing these bad elements to come in and that's what's giving her night terrors is like basically these i don't want to say like beings but like these bad intentions are like flooding into your body so like did you have a mirror across from your bed I can't remember. Because as soon as my mom moved that mirror, because my mom was like desperate to try anything at this point, right? My mom, she's, she like believes in spirits and souls and like universal connections, but she's not like religious in any sense. Um, but she was so desperate at that point. She was like, okay. And so she took down the mirror and I slept through the night that night with no problem. And didn't tell me. It's not like she was like, I'm taking down this mirror and you'll sleep better. Like she was just like, I'm going to move this. Um, I remember us having a mirror in our bedroom as kids. I was on the bottom bunk. That was your first problem. (laughs) No. Oh, you always take the top bunk. Uh, I shared a room with my sister. She was always going to have the top bunk. Yeah. Okay. So I can't remember. Our mirror was either on the back of the door. Well, see, the thing is, I slept in in the bunk bed. You're like kind of your caddy. I was caddy quartered into a wall. Okay. So my feet were in a corner. Okay. So I was looking at a wall. But like, would you sleep on your side and look at the mirror? Or like, I don't remember where the mirror was. Okay. I, all, I do remember it only happened at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. But I, we didn't vacation that much. But there was one time I did. I was in Idaho and we were sleeping at a friend's house, my parents' friend's house in a basement. And I slept walk up two flights of stairs and crawled into these people's bed in between them. And they were like, what the? What the fuck? Oh, this is Rachel. Right. Like, they had just met me. And they're like, oh, who is this? And But I wasn't having night terror. It was the only time I ever slept walk without it being a night terror. Oh, okay. And I was in their basement with my whole family. And yeah. And I had, I had no idea which room was theirs. I right. hadn't gone upstairs. Like, because they had a 
the basement, the first floor, and then the second floor. Okay. And I hadn't been to the second floor, but I found the second floor and crawled into their bed. That's weird. It is really weird, but I, I don't remember their basement either, but I didn't have a night terror. That's the only time I slept walk without a night terror. Yeah. But I can't remember. I think growing up, our mirror was on the back of our door. Okay. Or to the right of the piano, and the piano was directly across from our bed. We rearranged our rooms all the time as kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think, to me personally, I think night terrors means that like something either about like I mean like it's basic feng shui like I think something about the setup of your room is off I think there's like I don't know maybe you're sleeping with a mirror at the end of the bed like I don't know I just believe night terrors mean that otherworldly things are trying to make their way in and that's why your body's resisting it so much but I'm sure there's a sign that's fucked up I was just a kid oh I know but it's because they're like really susceptible. <laughs> that's why kids, I was really gullible. That's why kids see ghosts more often than adults do. Or like a lot of. Um, so we don't fight that shit because we're still learning. Oh, yeah, and your brain is so open. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that's why you, you hear so many stories of kids being like, oh, who's that in the corner? Or like so many stories of kids talking about people coming to visit them. And a lot of people just chalk it up to like children having very imaginative imagination yeah yeah. imagination imagine sorry go but like (laughs) like people who are psychics or believe in ghosts and paranormal stuff like we believe it's because their brain hasn't been like tainted yet and that they're so open and susceptible and they don't realize that this is something scary or something that they should not acknowledge yeah you know and so i think that's why a lot of children get night terrors is because these bad entities are like oh that's that's easy you know yeah but i could be wrong i mean i'm sure there's gonna be some like person in the comments being like actually night terrors are uh an overload of estrogen in your brain you know i'm sure yeah. there's some like perfectly good scientific explanation but it's scary yeah um i'm trying to think like yeah so we have a, a tv at the i've never had a pro- i have a tv at the end of mine too I, i've never had a problem with that it's only the okay. mirrors what about when you stay in the guest room and there's a wall of mirrors next to i you? sleep facing the window i do that on purpose Oh my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. I get really weird about it. Like uh, my girlfriend has a mirror in her room and I sleep on the opposite side of the bed to it. And I always sleep. Well, I try to sleep facing away from it because it really does freak me out. I'm sure at this point it's uh, what? It's, it's just mental. Like it's just in your yeah, head. Yeah. But I don't know. It still weirds me out. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, you have about like five or 10 more minutes if you want to say anything else. Oh my God. I don't, I don't even know. What, what do you want to hear? I don't know. I just give it, it, I'm just letting you be you. This microphone doesn't stay. I give you the good stand. You did. I always do. Yeah. My back hurts. I'm so sorry. Uh. Anyway. Do you. <laughs> have you noticed a theme of personalities of pers- people who have night terrors? Um, more imaginative. Okay. Um, I, I always like because I had them as a kid. You had them as a kid. Um, one of my nephews had them for a little bit and I want it's always the kids that are like more spirited, like hyper ADHD, ADHD. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's because our like energy levels are like our literal spiritual energy levels are just on like a higher frequency mm, maybe. Yeah. And so like maybe we're like inviting more stuff in. I don't know. Well then because the people I've known who've had sleep paralysis Oh, that, that's a whole different, yeah. That's a whole nother realm of yeah. scary. And I think we've talked about that yeah. before on this channel. But they've always been a calmer person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my. I've never put that, because I've never had sleep paralysis. See, I'm, I'm, 
I'm facts, figures, logical. Yeah. And I'm going to try and find a pattern. Yeah. So like you and I had night terrors. We both have very similar everything. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the people I've known who have had sleep paralysis have all, always been like a calmer entity. Joy has had sleep paralysis, but. Uh, and I think I, if I, I mean, I'm sure she can tell it, tell us in the comments, Joy, if we're wrong. Um, but I text us because you guys are fucking stupid. Yeah, you idiots. <laughs> um, if I'm remembering correctly, she only used to have sleep paralysis at her mom's house. So I think sleep paralysis has something to do with something attached to the room you're in. Because, yes, the people I have known who have had it, it's always at a specific area. Yeah. It's not like when they travel, they take the sleep paralysis with them. It's something about that room. There's something going on oh. with the energy in the room. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Because it was just, I think we've talked about this too, that but, summer in that Hawaii house. Yeah, but like when, when Abby said, I, I was in the room with her and like, why didn't it choose me? I don't know. And that's why I'm like, because Summer was in the room with other people. Why did it choose Summer? Oh, was it you and I that were talking about this or, or me and Joy where we are saying it or maybe it was me and Summer where it typically sleep paralysis typically happens to the people we know after something traumatic has happened to that them. That is true. So it's like they're more susceptible. So like maybe Abby was going through. Like, she was. OK, so she, there you go. She was going through something. Yeah, she was. And so that, that's what I'm saying. These entities like these evil just beings know when someone is an easy target so i have to be strong yeah. in my sleep <laughs> in my day-to-day in my spiritual world um, god this is fucking but exhausting. also don't acknowledge it no wonder this is the harvard of spirit worlds right i can't it's so i mean that's why um that girl that i met last night lucy that, lucy yeah that we were talking about all the reincarnation stuff. She was recommending that book to me because there's a whole like the woman that created the past life regression hypnosis wrote a whole book like she has like 13 books that she's published on basically like her experiences that people, you know, whatever. And she was like, you have to read this. And I was so excited. I mean, you know, I was like, what's the name of the book? I, I need to read. It. I'm yeah. going to order it. And the more I thought about it, I was like, do I really like want to send myself into an existential crisis? Like, is my brain really ready to like receive more? Does it help you with your current life? Like, what's the point? Of yeah, it? because, um, Ooh, well, maybe you need that. <laughs> I think I have, I've done medication. I've done meditation. I've done therapy at this point. Why not? Past life regression. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm open to things. But again, with that, I'm like, I don't really think I need to know my past lives. Yeah, I think I'm chilling. I, I wasn't open to it because um, she was basically talking about how she saw how she died. She experienced it again. Like she was talking about wild stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like I need that. Well, in my head, I was like, wouldn't I just be re-traumatizing myself? And she was like, no, it was so peaceful because hmm. she was like, you know, it's already happened. You don't feel the pain of it. You don't feel the fear of it. You're just watching it happen and it helps you process and understand it. Because once you die, it's really hard to go back and process something. But if you can like sit and watch it. She was like, it helps you process. Process and what? I think the trauma of the death and like leaving that journey and starting a so new one. So do you feel better when you come out of it? Yeah. Because you're past life? Because I think, I think what <sighs> she was very saying. very confusing to me. Right. I obviously haven't read the book and we only talked for like, you know, four hours about this last night. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I think what the idea I was getting is a lot of your anxiety, a lot of your physical ailments, a lot of just what's happening to your body here and now is a result of your brain and your spirit holding on to 
past traumas. Okay. And so maybe this can like help you process that or maybe this can help you get a new perspective. Maybe it helps you like reconnect or like, I don't know, because I, th- I feel like when you die suddenly and like unexpectedly, you don't get a chance to process and say goodbye. So like maybe this is a way she could have gone back and said goodbye to her. I feel like I need you to do this so that <laughs> I can ask you more questions. Oh my God. Yeah. Because I'll pick your brain. I know. And you get a whole recording of it, she said. When you do this, they record it and then give you the recording so you know that they weren't suggesting you or leading you and like yeah. or doing anything like malice, you know? And so I would love to do this and then post the recording or you know whatever i would love for you to do that i wonder how expensive it is um i don't know uh what's her name zara i'm i went to a dinner party at zara's and her friend was there who does those oh okay yeah Um, i just have to make sure like i'm mentally ready for it because i feel like that's a lot to take on so either i feel like I would do it and feel so much better and it would explain so much and help me heal so much. Or it would make you worse. Or it'd make me worse and it'd send me into an existential crisis. I can't deal with that. I know. So I have to figure out which one it's going to be before I do that. And what, oh God, I'd just be exhausted for my sake. Like I want you to do it so I could pick your brain. But at the same time, I'm scared. For I know. Me. I know. <laughs> what if I was a terrible person in a past life? Then maybe that would, you'd wake up and be like, well, shit, I got to make up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Do better. Do better. I mean, I just always say do better no matter what. Yeah. Wake up and try to be the best version of yourself every day. That's exhausting. It is. You got to take a day or two off and just be, you know, neutral and plateau. Right. But then you got to keep at it again. <laughs> but all right. Yeah. I think that's I think that's going to be it for today. Oh, my God. Thank you for letting me ramble. This is my. F- You're welcome. This is my favorite subject to talk about. I know it is. <laughs> and it's one I don't know a lot about, but I love learning and I like being open to it. But except the dream shit. Sorry. You can fucking keep that Sorry. to yourself. God damn. <laughs> Uh, if you guys want to continue the conversation below, please do, um, in the comments of the YouTubes, uh, if you guys have any other, if you have conspiracies or theories, please send them Emily's way. Oh yeah. I will research the shit out of them. And then maybe if you, they send you enough. Oh yeah. We can do an an update version of this or just like introduce new theories. If you think this is all bullcocky, what does that word mean? Bullcocky? I've never heard that. I'm going to look it up real quick. Because I heard, I, that's a phrase I've, hold on. I thought I'm you were going to say bullshit. Bullcocky. I'm realizing um, another expression that means the same thing as bullshit. Okay. okay. I realize I use a lot of words I don't know what they are. Same. So, automatopoeia. <laughs> you use that daily. Anyway, if you think this is all bullcocky, just learn about it though still there's no harm in learning about it so oh, that yeah. you can maybe understand how other people think yeah so it's okay to learn about it yeah just like i learn about all religions yeah like, i learned about a lot of religions too and I, all I, cultures yes yeah. um well cultures can't be never mind wrong <laughs> oh right right i just mean like <laughs> even if you don't do the same things as a different culture oh, yes 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 it's yes. nice to experience and learn yes um all right i love you guys thanks for listening thanks for watching please subscribe or follow um and yeah have a great day uh hit up emily's insta insta dms dms there you go there it is Mm -hmm. at emily is it bro staff emily bro staff yeah okay or uh comment it below all right i love you guys and we'll see you next time Bye. bye thank you for listening to this episode of rachel uncensored the only place on the internet where you can find the uncensored version of me 
Rachel Ballinger. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please like, subscribe, or follow, or do whatever this platform tells you to do so that you can get notified every time I post a new episode. Love ya! Hi, I'm Tatiana Maslany. I'm the Emmy Award-winning actor of the hit TV show Orphan Black. I'm also the star and executive producer of Power Trip, my brand new show on Realm. And I'm Amy. I'm not in the show, but I am here to tell you about it. Power Trip is a dark comedy for fans of Fleabag and Russian Doll. Tatiana Maslany plays Jane, a woman who receives a black market kidney transplant for her chronic illness and ends up with the mysterious ability to make people do as she commands. Suddenly feeling in control for the first time in her life, Jane learns how tempting it can be to exert her powers at any cost. Featuring performances from Grammy winner Lisa Loeb and actor Brendan Hines, Power Trip follows Jane and her loved ones, including a new group of friends with powers, as they navigate the messiness of life and love in New York City. Learn more about Power Trip at realm.fm and be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.